to see all of our smiling and happy faces and just just to be here. We welcome you, uh, each of you, both members and visitors alike. We thank God for your attendance today. And um, I ask that you go with us together in a word of prayer to God. Heavenly Father, we praise your holy and divine name. For you are magnificent and mighty. You are the wonderful God and the creator, sustainer of all life. And we give all praise, honor, and glory unto your name. We ask, Lord God, that you will accept our worship today. Things which have been said and done. We pray, Lord God, that these things will and have been pleasing and acceptable in your sight. We ask, Lord God, that you help us never to forget Jesus, your great son, who sacrificed his life that we might live eternal in the heavens with you. We ask, Lord God, that you'll keep our minds free from worldly thought and help us to focus only on you. These things we ask and pray and thank you for in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ. If it be thy will. Amen. Please turn to Ephesians chapter chapter 1. We're going to um, talk about this morning God's e- eternal purpose. Right? The eternal purpose of God. It's amazing. It's just wonderful to hear the plan that God has made, if you will, for mankind. He made it before even the beginning of time. Beginning at verse 9, the Bible says, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His kind intentions which He purchased, purposed in Him with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the time. That is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things upon the earth in Him. Also we obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will. So here God has this this plan that He has purposed, and He purposed it in Himself for us. In other words, God did not need man to accomplish His will. It was all about Him for our sake that we might be saved. He goes on to talk in chapter 3 about this plan being eternal or from the heavens or an eternal plan from the beginning, if you will. Verse 8, it says, To me, the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things in order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the church to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places this was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out In Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, this purpose from the ages past, this eternal purpose, has been revealed through Jesus Christ. It was a hidden message of God. Something in which prophets looked into to try to understand what it is that God wanted to bring to us. The plan of salvation, the scheme of redemption was hidden in God and revealed later. God revealed it over time through his dispensations of time. As a seed is planted in the ground, it grows. 
And so God's seed promise grew and brought the complete fulfillment in the Messiah, beginning at the patriarchal dispensation and then to the mosaical and then the John's dispensation and now in the Christian age. So I want us to go back to Ezekiel chapter 47. We left off in Ezekiel and we're picking up here again. Chapter 47, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. So here's what Ezekiel does. Ezekiel takes us from the beginning all the way home to eternal life. And I'm going to show it to you. Let's begin, if you will, in verses 1 and 2. Then he brought me back to the door of the house. And behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the house toward the east. For the house faced east. And the water was flowing down from under from the right side of the house, from south of the altar. And he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside of the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. And behold, water was trickling from the south side. Water? Watch how this all fits together. The water is flowing from the temple. This is going to represent in this text God's eternal purpose. And watch how the water grows as the Holy Spirit reveals to us the message just a little by a little. And how He revealed it to humanity just little by little. Verse 3, it says, When the man went out toward the east with a line in his hand, he measured a thousand cubits and he led me through the waters water reaching the ankles so it's a little bit of water right god's eternal purpose beginning with abraham coming through if you will to moses or if you will from adam excuse me from adam to abraham and now we go from abraham to moses so first it's at the ankles adam to abraham verse four again he measured a thousand and led me through the water. Water's reaching the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water. Water reaching the loins. So, to the knees, God's eternal purpose from Abraham to Moses. So, Adam to Abraham. Now, from Abraham to Moses, the eternal purpose comes in promise. And he makes a promise to Abraham. And he fulfills that promise in Christ. And then he says, I go out another thousand, if you will. He measured another thousand. And the water came to the loins. God's eternal purpose. That's Moses to Pentecost. That's God's eternal pur purpose, if you will, through prophecy. Remember, Jesus said, everything must be fulfilled. Spoken of in the Psalms, in the law, and the prophets. John the Baptist comes along and he brings to us a message in preparation for what? For the Messiah. The Messiah who is to come. And when we talk about the Messiah, remember we're at the ankles and then the knees and then the loins. Watch what happens to the waters. Verse 5. Again he measured a thousand. And it was a river that I could not ford. For the water had risen enough water to swim in. A river that could not be forded. And that takes us all the way to Jesus Christ. Waters to swim in. A river that could not be passed. 
God's eternal purpose in perfection through the Messiah. You see, all the talk that Jesus brought about water, it all comes back and connects. In fact, God has this amazing connection from Genesis to Revelation. And I'll show you more of that in just a moment. But please turn to John chapter 4. The water that flowed in Ezekiel, you'll find that that water flowed from the temple. But then the water that flowed in Revelation is a water that flowed from the throne of God. And yet both of those waters are flowing from the same place, from the dwelling place of God. God's eternal purpose revealed to humanity first in promise, then in prophecy, revealed in preparation through John and realized, if you will, in perfection, manifested in perfection through Jesus Christ our Lord. So Jesus says in verse 13, He said to them, or to her, Everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. There was a connection that God made continually with salvation and the water. See, baptism in water is not something that's new. Water has been in God's plan from the very beginning of time. In fact, how did God flood the earth the first time? Well, obviously, through the statement of flood. Water, right? Water, And then he says that those folks were saved by water and through water. Those who were inside the ark. And later on he talks about salvation through water, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Water has always been in the plan of God. John chapter 7, beginning at verse 36. In fact, there's more water on the earth than land. In verse 36, the Bible says, What is this statement that he said, You will seek me and will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being shall flow waters or rivers of living water. Water. Uh, Ezekiel 47, again, please. Water. There's always water in the plan. So the water that flows is this. It's the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And here's what's interesting about this water. It's crystal clear. You ever talk to folks and they say, well, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll never understand God. I mean, his word has been, uh, has been twisted and turned. And yeah, humanity has done that. But you have the Word of God right in front of you. You can trust it 100%. You know what's amazing about the Word of God? We have the Hebrew originals and the Greek originals. So, I mean, what more do you need? I mean, you have the originals. How can one say that? Well, because people want to argue the point that God's eternal purpose did not come to pass. But God's eternal purpose has come to pass. And it was without the aid of man. It was all God. God used people whom He chose and selected to ensure that his word would come forth to us, untainted, and we have it in front of us. Ezekiel 47, verse 8. Listen to what it says. Then he said to me, 
These waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into the Araba. And then they go toward the sea, being made to flow into the sea. And the waters of the sea became fresh. And it will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. And there will be very many fish. For these waters go there and the others become fresh. So everything will live where the river goes. Think about this. When you carry that gospel message out to the world, to a lost and dying world, all who respond to Jesus, all who respond to the water of life, the bread of life, all who surrender to God, live. They live. Jesus, in in Matthew chapter 4, please. Matthew chapter 4, beginning at at verse... uh, 18. Jesus, Jesus teaches us that the water, the fish, and the fishermen all go together. Listen to what he says in verse 18. Jesus says, I'm in the wrong place. Hang on one second. I'm in John 4 and I don't want to go there. I want to go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 4. And walking by the sea of Galilee, He saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And so you have this gospel message of Jesus, right? And then you have these fishermen who are Christians, who are Christ-like individuals, who are spreading this gospel message who are using a type of bait, the gospel, to bring in the lost. He says, I'm going to make you fishers of men because this water is deep. This water is wide. This, This water brings salvation. And then he speaks of salvation. Matthew 13, beginning at verse 47. And if you go back and you start looking at all the passages that God uses about water and salvation, water and and bringing humanity into salvation, you'll be amazed at the picture that God brings to us. Beginning at verse 47 of Matthew chapter 13. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet cast into the sea and gathering fish of every kind. And when it was filled, they drew it up on the beach and they sat down and gathered the good fish into containers but the bad they threw away so it will be at the end of the age the angels shall come forth and take out of the wicked from among the righteous and will cast them into the furnace of fire there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth you think water's in the plan god's whole message works with water Ephesians, I mean, uh, uh, Ezekiel, please, chapter 47, again, beginning at verse, at verse 10. And then we're going to reset, because we have to reset and go back into this text with a different mindset. Ezekiel 47, verse 10. And it will come about that fishermen will stand beside it from the Engedi to Eniglim. There will be a place for the spreading of nets and their fish will be according to their kinds, like the fish of the great sea, very many. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. So here's God's invitation. We need to reset for a moment. So we have the message of God. 
the whole message from Genesis to Revelation. And from Genesis to Revelation in this message of God, there is this amazing plan. You might call it a scheme of redemption. And alongside that scheme of redemption, although it's, it's jotted and has pieces and segments and it's all torn and ripped to shards, is the scheme of damnation. And that's Satan. And Satan is trying to condemn us, but God is allowing us to flow through life if we will just remember to stay connected to Him and surrender to Him. The beauties of the water that carry us from one place to another. You see, you enter the waters through salvation. One hears the Word of God and believes it and they have a repentance, godly sorrow in their hearts and they confess His name before men and they're baptized, immersed in water for the remission of their sins and God washes all of mankind's sins away. Gives a man the gift of the Holy Spirit. Adds them to the church. Starts with the water. And then He carries us. He carries us along in life. And I want to show you how Ezekiel talks about the beginning of all the way to the end by way of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel 47, let's reset for a moment. Start at verse 6. And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me back to the bank of the rivers. Now, step back for a moment. Now we're at the bank of the river. We're standing outside of the water, looking into the waters as they flow. A water that, if you will, the Bible says that this water was so deep and so wide and, and, and it's just like an ocean, if you will. This river was so massive, he said, I couldn't even swim across it. We reset. We look at verse 7. Now when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river, there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Now why, why does he go from water, the fish in the water, him in the water, and then he goes off into some trees? And then he goes into verse 12, and he says, And by the river and on its bank, on one side and on the other, will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month. Because their waters flow from the sanctuary and their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. Oh, now I get it. So we step back for a moment and the water flows from the throne of God, from the sanctuary of God. And the waters are for the healing of the people. Remember Genesis chapter chapter 2? Something was given, and then something was taken away. It was a tree that was unique. And in verse 7 of Genesis 2, the Bible says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden. 
and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So here's this tree of life. Ezekiel says, I saw this tree and I, and I saw trees and I, and I saw them bearing fruit. So he takes us back to the beginning and watch where it carries us to. Turn to Revelation, please. Chapter 2, beginning at verse 7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So the tree was in the beginning. The water was in the beginning. And Ezekiel puts it together and says, look, there's the water and there's the tree of life. And he brings us to salvation. In chapter 22 of Revelation, here's, here's the tree of life. And it's given back to us by God so that we know we can have eternal life. For God's original plan was for man to live forever. But man sinned. And now God has given that blessing back to his children. In verse 1 of Revelation 22, And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its streets and on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Both Ezekiel and John, now in Revelation, they both see this tree of life and they see the blessings of God. Ezekiel saw them before the coming of the Messiah and yet John, Revelation, reveals it to us after the coming of the Messiah. The water that flows from the throne of God is the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. The eternal purpose of God that was hidden only in God from the beginning. And God gave it to us a little bit at a time, from Adam to Abraham, Abraham to Moses, Moses all the way to John, to Jesus Christ. Just a little bit at a time. And whoever responds to this gospel message of Jesus will be saved. Those who surrender to God in the waters of salvation, having been baptized and remain faithful to God until the end, will be saved. All who abide by it will live in it. All who refuse it will die. All who obey it will win. Where are you in regards to your salvation? Where are you? I close in chapter 22, in verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty, Come. Let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost, Come. This morning, if you want to surrender, surrender to Christ, Come. Come. Here's your opportunity 
Here's our blessed gift. And maybe this is the end of the world today. Maybe. Maybe not. But if it is, are you ready? There's always been water in the plant. If we can help in any way, please come while together we stand and sing our song of invitation.